Hi, everyone. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to A Date with Dateline. A Date with Dateline. A Date with Dateline. I don't know what voice I was trying to do there, but it was like... You do it sometimes. It's like I would say maybe a fourth of the time. It's like your 25% of the time voice. A Date with Dateline. It's a little bit news reportery. Yeah, maybe that's what I'm trying to do. Were you doing young Dennis Murphy voice? <laughs> Let's just jump right in. <laughs> I mean, so you're obviously thinking this is a Dennis Murphy episode because of what Katie just said. <sighs> but you would be wrong. You're wrong. Fooled you. It's a twofer. It's a two-host episode. It's never happened before. I'm sure it's happened before. I'm sure it's happened. I just cannot think of a time when it's happened. Has it happened Feel like before? it has to because of our four hosts' lengthy careers. I know they've had episodes with Lester in them. That doesn't count. I'm sure they've had a Lester. You and I are not great interviewers because that's a great question for have you ever worked together on a case or a story? And if you were to, who would you pick? We can pit them against each other. Cage no, this, this is horrible. That's a horrible, horrible thing to do. What if they They weren't... don't like that. They try to be politically correct. And How about this? What case would you have liked to covered or helped the other person do? Oh, yeah. I, I think people have asked them, or like, what case do you like that the other, what, do you wish you had gotten? That's what I mean. But you're trying to do like teamwork. I was trying to make it more like a team effort. Would you volunteer to be the intern on the story that like Andrea was working on? Unpaid intern, Justin. Is that a question? What's the question? No, I'm saying that to them. Would you ask that to like... Oh, no. I was. I thought you were asking me. I was like, be yes. Be an intern. Yes, obviously. We would. Yes, of course I would. But to like, to Josh, would you ever be the second man in a Keith episode? But then he would be like, well, Keith would want me to get him coffee and help him lean properly and things like that. And pick out his outfit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, be fun is if each one could pick what had to was this paired up buddy system with one of the other hosts and got to design their outfits for that episode. I don't think they put that much thought into it. We've talked to Josh. He said he just pulls a pocket square out of a drawer, which I'm suspecting in this episode. That's not true. I don't think that's true. at all. Okay. Yeah, I don't think so. I think he's being humble. That's a bunch of baloney. Yeah, I think he's fully being humble because... There's thought. Sometimes there's color coordination that means things, or we just think it does. No. Also, if Dennis had to pick out Andrea's clothes for an episode, that would be hilarious. Boots, cowboy boots, bet me money. Yeah. You'd put her in cowboy boots. Yeah, I like that. I could see that. I could. Have she worn cowboy boots? <sighs> I can't picture it. I feel like it's always heels, maybe once or twice ballet flats, but usually heels. Do you think it would be weird if I sent her cowboy boots? Yes. What if they were like special cowboy boots? Your your rhinestone sequined ones? Maybe not like rhinestone, but like painted and said like AC on them. Come on. Yeah, she would like that. Okay. All right. Let's find out her shoe size. I'm guessing six and a half. All right. Whatever's like the perfect size for a woman to have. Six and a half. That's what she has. Yeah. It's like. That's a sample shoe size. Then that's what she is. And that's yeah. it. All right, let's get into this. This episode is called A Promise to Helene, and it aired 10, 16, 20, season 29, episode eight. We're already in episode eight. Wow. Because they're doing like six episodes a week. It's hosted by Mank with a little bit of Dennis. Oh, surprise Dennis. Surprise Dennis. Helene had a friend named Kimberly. It's so perfect. We just had Katie. 
Last well, Stateline was Katie. The Katie that we just had uh-huh. was sort of embroiled in a murder plot because she was sleeping with a criminal murderer and also a dentist who had the license plate that said maestro. And maybe hung out in a grotto. And maybe hung out in a grotto. Not that that's a bad thing. Sorry, no shame no. if you hang out in grottos. Sure. So you're trying to compare. I'm not not trying to compare. But if I were. Mm-hmm. Does it help if I tell you that one of my alternative titles was The Good Kimberly? help. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm fine with that. Uh, this Kimberly is way better than I will ever be. This Kimberly, okay, this Kimberly is better than 99% of humans, I think. Yeah. She's a yeah. fantastic friend to which everyone would aspire possibly to be that good of a friend. Right. Wow. The dedication. It's amazing. I think that we can just say that this Kimberly is different from you and that Katie is different than me. That's fair. Except that I drive a Corvette. I don't. That's not true. And you do love maestros. Yeah. So Mank tells us that 40 years is a long time. I resent that. I think 40 years is a really long time for something to be unsolved. Yes. Especially if it's someone you love. I wish that they had gotten to that point quicker because he did kind of leave it hanging that it was, we don't know what 40 years is. Right. Instead, he's like, if you've been alive that long, you grew up before there were even televisions. Good luck making it in Hollywood. Your time is over. (laughs) I felt shaded. It was not shade. I don't think it was, especially because Mank calls us kids. So he always like on Twitter is like, you crazy kids. So that made my day. Thanks for letting me know. So Helene grew up in Massachusetts. She was the youngest sister by nine years. She was a surprise. Is that still do people say that a lot? And are you supposed to say that? Is it like family business that you're not supposed to say that? Or is it totally fine to say stuff like that? I say definitely depends on the family. Okay. I think in some families, it's like, well, they were a surprise. But then in some families, it's like she was a total surprise and they all have a sense of humor about it. And it's great. And whoever it is that was the surprise knows that they weren't really wanted and just has learned to live with it. That's the only (laughs) thing I can think of. Is that not accurate? No, it's accurate. Okay. They weren't wanted, but they were needed. How about that? And they didn't even know that you were needed until you were conceived. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So Helene and Kimberly were in a singing group called Harmony, which I was like, no, because everyone knows that singing groups have to have some sort of play on words. Yeah. Like the Harmoniacs. Right. Or the Harmonaholics. Mm-hmm. Or on Bob's Burgers, the Hormoniums, because it's about teen hormones. What is Andy's group? Here Comes Trouble. Okay, not Acafellas? No. Okay. What about the Wizenpoofs? That's not a play on word. It's the Yale Acapella group. I feel like someone was lying to me about that. There's no way that's true, right? That's not true. Why it do can- you know that? I don't know. I knew someone that went to Yale, believe it or not. Okay. Wizen. Poofs, Yale. Yeah, Whiffenpoofs. Every year, 14 senior Yale students are selected to be in the Whiffenpoofs, the world's oldest and best-known collegiate a cappella group. Uh, not best-known, because I didn't know them. But yeah, the Whiffenpoofs. So that's not a play on word. It just sounds silly. Yeah, it just sounds silly. Also, Yale, really? Yale. Yale? The Whiffenpoofs? I would think the Whiffenpoofs would be a, like, 
maybe UCLA or maybe like, you know, UC Riverside, just a UC school. I would not picture it at like one of the top Ivy League schools in the nation. What are we talking about? Oh, Dateline. Yeah. So she was dating a guy named John and their high school. This is in the 70s, I should say. And she, her and Kimberly went to school together. Helene and Kimberly went to school together and our best friends are just in the same singing group. I think they were very good friends. They must have been. Okay. And she's dating John and their high school prom photos, I have to say, are so cute. Like, well done 70s. I loved them. Not tacky 70s. Just the best 70s, right? The best kind of 70s. I totally could not agree more. So well done. John is her brother, right? Yeah. Kimberly's brother? Not Helene's brother, because that would be gross. But I did think it was Helene's brother. That's why I'm bringing it up, because I missed a sentence. And I was like, wait, I'm sorry, what? When he's talking? And then then I got it. It took me a second. They broke up after high school, but they stayed in good terms. Helene went to Wheaton College and sang in the Wee Tones. There we go. Now, Mank specially assigned this episode, clearly, because he gets to do his Wheat. She went to... Wheaton, and she sang in the Wheatones. And I'm not the only one who hears it. Wait till we get to Twitter. I think it's because you have brought it to other people's attention. So now everyone hears it. Not me. I still don't hear it because I'm not listening. I'm not listening for it. It doesn't bother me. It's just very pronounced. It doesn't. I've never heard it. I should have listened for it. I I missed it. Should I do a Twitter poll? No. I believe that most people probably hear it. No, I don't think they do, unless maybe most people had not actually heard the Dateline moan until I pointed it out. And now that they heard the Dateline moan at the beginning of Dateline episodes, that moan, they can't unhear it. We got to stop doing that. It's not right. Mike Vos said he likes moaning along to it. (laughs) And then he was instantly embarrassed because I retweeted it. Shouldn't have said it. Uh, Can I ask you something really quick? Yeah. Before you go on. I don't know if you noticed this, but there's a little clip of her on that radio college. We get to hear Helene speaking on that college radio interview. And she says, what's your life philosophy or whatever? And she says, you know, just be yourself. Do what you want to do or something like that. And then she goes, smile. Have you noticed that every time I feel like I watch something from the 70s, not like a movie, but like a legit someone speaking from the 70s, do they sound different? Did they talk different than we do today? She said her life philosophy is you should be yourself and make the best of everything and smile. But I feel like it's that Catherine Hepburn or New England sort of lilt. I don't know if it's an East Coast thing or like literally I attribute it to someone hearing something from the 70s. Yeah, I I totally get that. That makes me really happy that you understand what I'm talking about. I was like, she's not going to know what I'm talking about. No, in documentaries about true crime stuff, and it's from that period, the women seem to have a different lilt to their voice. Also, we grew up in the time of the vocal fry and the Kardashians and the like, the Valley Girl like, like, like. Is it just because they're not saying like? I don't know. I'm just saying people's speech patterns change over time. Yeah. And I don't know where it comes from, but it definitely sounded more elegant than the way we speak today. I miss it. 
I'm going to study that clip. I want to talk like that. It sounded lovely. Well, you had a British accent until you were four. Well, it doesn't do me any good now, does it? Am I in London? No, but I'm here with you, and that makes me happy. Good save. That's real. I would love to talk to, like, an elocution person or something and find out what the deal is. I would I'd be very interested to hear that as well. If any of our listeners out there, like, know anyone in the biz, the linguistics biz, let us know. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Side note. That's it. So Helene wanted to be a journalist. So she was moving to Colorado in 1980 to do an internship at a radio station. But two weeks after moving there, she took the bus home and was found the next day murdered in a field. And everyone was just devastated. She had literally just moved there and was so young. She was like 21 years old. It's just horrible. The news report announcing that they found her body unfortunately calls her Helen, which Oof. happens twice in the episode. Oof. It kind of drove me crazy. Don't do that. If she's a murder victim. At least get her name right. Right. Especially if you're the one that killed her. Hashtag foreshadowing towards the end of the episode. What? Her killer also calls her Helen. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot. So the cop who worked the case then is now a sheriff in the present tense and has a cop mustache because that's the law. And Helene was seen getting off the bus. She was found the next day in a field nine miles away. She was raped and she was stabbed. And it looks like from she has no defensive wounds, so it appears that she complied and didn't try to fight back too much. People thought it was someone she knew, but as Josh points out, she didn't know anyone there. She had just moved there. So Kimberly gets to be Columbo right away. She is doing a true Kimberly move and pointing the finger at everyone. There we go. She is highly suspicious of everyone that she knows. This is the moment where you are the most alike. When she does this next part, I was like, yep. That's I don't a- trust anybody. Including you your own family. You never know. <laughs> you never know. So Kim really says she's looking at everyone, including her own brother, to which I went, what? And then they go, now remind you, her brother is John, the ex-boyfriend. And I was like, oh, okay, I forgot. So <laughs> I guess it makes a little bit more sense. But it's still like... Is that a quote-unquote normal reaction to kind of suspect your brother, even if he's the ex? Or is that just show that Kimberly is one of our people that knows that you never really know anyone and you never know what people are capable of? Or is it like... Number two. It's number... Because Kimberly's one of us. Yeah. So it's not a totally normal reaction. No, I think it's a little funny. But I think if you're a little funny, then that's fine. Oh, I'm not saying I'm not normal in a bad way. I praise all things abnormal. I'm saying that too. I'm saying she is truly a good Kimberly. And I am partial to Kimberly's, but I like her very much. And I like the way that she really goes after this. And it's like no stone unturned. It fits right in with her personality. And I think that she wasn't seriously considering her brother, but the fact that she said it on Dateline, I'm all for it. See, maybe if the brother's not like that, he might be offended. Like, my brother would probably be very offended because my brother doesn't watch true crime. He doesn't suspect people of murder. So he would be offended. But he needs to understand that for me, it would just be like, if you have nothing to hide, then it's not you. So what's the big deal? You know, but he probably would be hurt. I think he knows you well enough to know that you would just do that. Don't you think? No. You don't think so? I've heard your brother many times say like, well, that's very Kimberly or et cetera, et cetera. So I think he might expect you to suspect him. 
Yeah, I guess. But what's funny is I think my dad makes jokes about murdering my mom on the reg. And I still, if something happened to my mom, God forbid, I wouldn't suspect my dad, even though he jokes about it almost every day. Well, then you are one of those people that we talk disparagingly about on Datelines that believe their family. That's why I would expect you to very much like this Kimberly, because she is the opposite of that. She's like, no, no, you're a suspect. Don't leave the room. I don't care if you're my brother. Did you kill my best friend? Yeah, I can't. Um, do I not trust anyone or do I overly trust everyone? I can't get a grip on my own personality. Oh, my goodness. Do we have a better help ad right now? No, because that would be a very helpful. That would be. Yeah, because you need some better help okay, right now. <laughs> I need a better handle <laughs> on my personality issues. <laughs> so this is before DNA and all of that. It's the 80s. It's gumshoe detective work. They find a witness who saw a young man of medium build about 5'9 or 5'10. I was super impressed by that, that someone could get within an inch. It's the 70s. I feel like people were better at that. Were the 70s just a better time? (laughs) I do. Oh, the 70s are known for that. The 70s are known for people evaluating other people's heights correctly. That's what that decade is known for. No, I don't know. I just feel like people were smarter and paid more attention because they weren't staring at their phone. So you really would register a person, you know? That's true. People are falling into fountains because they're looking on their phones now. I just feel like I have car blindness Hashtag find a cure. Correct. You have height and size blindness. Uh And hashtag find a cure. Oh, I like it. Okay. So neither of us would be very good at this sort of thing. Both of us would have to make it up if we wanted to be involved. But that would be a horrible thing to do. That would throw the investigation in the wrong direction. We're thinking about this wrong, I think. Is there a chance that the person couldn't say off the cuff, no, they were five, blah, blah, blah. They said they were leaning against a car. They probably knew the type of car it was, right? And so at that point, they measure the height of the car and they say, okay, were his shoulders above the car? Was his head above the car? And they can get a general height of the person based on the object that they're standing next to. You and I just aren't taking the next step. That person may not have known the height. So you're saying, but you're not saying this person has the opposite of car blindness and knows the height of all kinds of cars. You're saying the police could like look up the height of that kind of car. Correct. And say, okay, that car is, you know, the the height of that car is like about five, four. And they were leaning on the car. I think you can generally tell if somebody's tall, like very tall or very small, I would guess. But that middle area, they were going to have to compare against something. So... Yeah, that's why I'm surprised it's not a six-inch variable. Anyways, I don't know. Investigators put this witness under hypnosis to get a better description of the guy. I love the 70s. I love the 70s. I mean, they maybe do it now, too, but they had to be even more resourceful without DNA. So I feel like they probably did it more then. That's like regular practice, I bet. Let's get the hypnotist in here. I mean, how many hypnotists are out there today? And can I learn how to do it? Yeah, you could maybe learn how to do it. Okay. Do you want to take magician classes? I don't think it's something you're born with. I think it's something you have to practice like anything else. I feel like you might be born with the gift. Yeah, maybe. Do you want to practice on me? Yeah, maybe later. Maybe in our live stream. Okay. Okay. I'm down for that. Okay, I'll do some, I'll ask Jeeves about it. and see if I can, <laughs> I don't Jeeves it. it, see what happens, give it a bing, and <laughs> look if there's like a website, a how-to You could try it on me and see if it works. But you have to promise if I'm about to start saying something really embarrassing or some deep, dark secret, 
you have to stop the cut the feet. Then I say potato bug, potato bug, potato bug, and then you'll wake up. Okay, that's okay. the code word. Yeah. So, would you go under hypnosis to try to solve a crime? Would you? Absolutely. Yeah. I don't know. Why not? Secrets. You have to put a lot of trust in the police that they are actually just wanting to solve a murder and not just looking for embarrassing dirt on you or make you cluck like a chicken all across the police precinct. But that's okay. I mean, that's funny, right? I think I would just be worried about having weird dreams later, strangely enough. I'd be worried that it would be some sort of, I think for some reason in my head, it's like, well, what if I got possessed in my hypnosis? That's not going to happen. I'm watching too much TV. All right. I don't think those are the same things at all. I watched that show Evil, and it's got me all twisted. Okay. I thought I was going to have to hypnotize myself to get myself to start cooking, but then I tried... Hello Fresh. Yes. Now I totally cook. I'm basically a chef. Gordon Ramsay, give me a call. There we go. So with Hello Fresh, you can get fresh, pre-measured ingredients and mouthwatering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door with Hello Fresh, America's number one meal kit. If I've learned anything from watching Dateline, it's that bad things happen when you leave your house. So stay inside, let the food come to you. Yes. Yeah. Hello Fresh's gourmet recipes like their balsamic fig sirloin, are over 60% cheaper than an average meal out. So you can enjoy restaurant-quality dinner for less. And there's something for everyone. There's new recipes that can help you break out of your recipe rut. And you have options. You can go low-cal, which I do depending on my mood, or I go the opposite, which is nacho-rific loaded potato wedges, which they have right now. And our low-cal, if cal stands for California, yeah, low California, lower California is where you live. Yeah, I live in lower California. Yeah. And I have a quick plug for HelloFresh. My mom made one of my HelloFresh meals the other night, and she was shocked about how easy it was and says that she's going to order it for her new apartment. That's amazing. She was really into it. She was she surprised herself how easy it was and how good it was. Really good. You can feel good about going with HelloFresh for a couple reasons. Since they offset their operations, travel, and shipping emissions, HelloFresh's carbon footprint is 25% lower than store-bought grocery meals. And the packaging they use to ship your food is almost entirely made from recyclable and or already recycled content. So you don't have a ton of waste that you're throwing away. And you're also not wasting food, which is a big thing. Like my last recipe came with a clove of garlic. Yeah. How do you buy one clove of garlic? You don't. You buy the whole bulb and then it goes to waste. Right. And then you forget about it and it grows little weird green things. Yeah. <laughs> Makes your fridge smell like green garlic. Yeah. I also love the community that comes with HelloFresh. A person tweeted at us that they were about to cook one of these recipes. And another one of our listeners chimed in and said, I just cooked that last night. Here's the little tip for you that'll make it even better. And they were like discussing and sending pictures back and forth. And it was just so cool. It's like a little club. That's so cool. About food. If you use HelloFresh, please post your pictures and tag us because we want to see all the yummy things. Go to HelloFresh.com forward slash Dateline80 and use code Dateline80 to get a total of $80 off across five boxes, including free shipping on your first box. That's HelloFresh.com forward slash Dateline80 and use the code Dateline80. $80 off across five boxes, free shipping on your first box. Bing, bing. Hello? America's number one meal kit? Is that you? <laughs> 
Hi, this is Fresh. Is Kimberly there? I can't talk now. <laughs> I'm eating my HelloFresh right now. I don't have time for these calls. Stop calling me. Just kidding. You guys, HelloFresh is not going to call you. They don't do telemarket calls. If someone calls you, it's me pretending to be HelloFresh. So in which case, hey. Okay. So the police create a sketch from the hypnosis. They get an even more detailed description. Months go by and the case goes cold. Kimberly promises the family that as long as she's alive, she will fight for justice. Would I be that dedicated? We aren't going to ask those questions. Move on. (laughs) I just feel like if it's anything like my obsession with van life or hiking the Appalachian Trail, I'm going to watch a lot of YouTube videos about it, but I'm eventually going to drop the ball and not actually put the work in. That's more my MO. I don't think so, because generally, if it's about someone else, you have excellent follow through. Really? You think so? I do think so. I think you would do it for a family member or a friend, but I think it would be good for you to have a buddy or partner, someone you were doing it with to keep you motivated. An accountability partner. Yeah, there we go. A murder accountability partner, TM. I mean, now that is an interesting idea for a business. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Actually, just an accountability partner. Well, they have that kind of stuff, but not maybe for solving your best friend's murder. No, they do it for like weight loss and things like that. So why don't we do it about something like this? Why don't we take those concepts and apply them to murder? Love it. Good. 2021. So (laughs) there were lots of serial killers at the time. Mm -hmm. In the 70s and 80s, that was peak serial killer era. Yes, it was. Absolutely. What a time to be alive. Oh, good Lord. When was the last time we had a good serial killer? We usually don't cover them because we have to have a conversation about whether or not we should cover it. And then generally the answer is no. No, they don't even do datelines about serial killers that much. The last one they did was Scott Kimball. I did a little Google. I did a little binging and I went to Wikipedia and you can search by decade. There aren't that many in the aughts and the tens, whatever we're calling post 2000. But don't you think This is because the advances in technology to catch these people has gotten so much better. I did think about that unless there was something about the bell bottoms and the weird 70s porno stashes that was making people more serial killery. We did have the Golden State Killer that was recently caught, but he was active in the 70s and the 80s. That doesn't really count. Right. Exactly. Doesn't count. So Kimberly wonders if it's Ted Bundy. Because, like we said, she's suspecting everyone, and it is the heyday of serial killers. This is when I noticed for the first time in my whole life that Ted Bundy, A, is not that attractive to me. B, even though he was supposed to be the really the handsome one. I think it's more that he was charming. So I think it's more that when he started talking, he became more handsome, unfortunately. I saw that movie with Zac Efron, and even Zac Efron, who I find very attractive. No, he was not attractive as with play, being played by Zach. How Efron does that make sense? That doesn't make any sense. No, maybe you're just not attracted to serial killers. See, I don't think that rings true at all. See, it does. You're just attract. You're attracted to like you know the one-offs. Maybe that's a good sign. Growing growth. You're doing good. Like that Vandersloot guy. Yeah, exactly. Vandersloot. But also, I noticed at this point that Ted Bundy had a crazy unibrow. And I didn't know if that was more a sign of the times. Sorry, which picture did, are you talking about? The wild picture? Mm, there's just one picture from the side. And it's like... Oh, I didn't see that. 
a lot of hair in the middle. Hmm. He has a Frida Kahlo thing going on. I don't mind a unibrow, strangely. I don't know why. Like the I, guy from Oasis? Yeah, I'm kind of okay. That's just the way his hair grew. It's all right. Yeah, you don't want a, him to be doing a lot of manscaping. No, I think it's, and not very many people have them. So when someone has it, it interests me. It's unique. Mm-hmm. I can see that. So there's these other serial killers who I don't think I've heard of. How Have you not seen the Netflix series on him? What's it called? Henry Lee Lucas, The Confession Killer. It's pretty interesting. I thought I started that one, but I feel like I didn't finish it. People's complaint, I think, was that it was a little slow moving. So maybe I'll try it again. It's just about the one guy and not the other guy? Pretty much. I would say the majority is about Henry Lee Lucas. But in my understanding from the state line, they work together. Kind of on some of them. He's the main focus of the documentary. But yes, I think they did work together. Mank was pronouncing his name Otis. I thought it was Otto. Well, I thought it was Otis, but then he said Otis. Oh boy, maybe it is Otis. I thought he was saying Otto. I didn't even remember the other guy's name. I thought it was, it's Otto. Tool. Last name Tool. Otto Tool. No, his name cannot be Otto Tool. (laughs) Otto Tool. (laughs) Like an automobile tool. Yeah, I think that's fine. That's not his name. It's like an automatic transmission. (laughs) So they, I guess, or were like sometimes a buddy comedy team of serial killers, but then they also maybe work separately sometimes. I think that maybe Otto or Otis Audi just killed with Henry and maybe didn't kill by himself, but Henry killed by himself all the time. Oh, interesting. He branched out. Sometimes. Or he started, he was the genesis and the revelation. He was the beginning and the end. Like he did. He was the whole thing. I gotcha. And then that guy just sometimes joined in and Henry didn't kill him. So the guy that's talking in the dateline in the interrogation room is Henry Lee Lucas. Yes. And he had a sort of Vincent Price, Edgar Allan Poe sort of weird look about his hair but also with like a hillbilly type thing. Yeah. So anyways, they have killed 200 women. Then at this point in the state line, the most glorious thing ever happens. Yeah. I screamed out loud. I got really excited. I said, no way. No way. (laughs) So we cut to baby Dennis is enough Murphy from the 80s. Is he a teenager? How young is he there? He's like 19. He has golden blonde locks and his voice sounds totally different, but kind of the same, like comforting in a way that's this familiar, Mm -hmm. but also totally different. Yeah. It feels weird. It feels weird to see him like this. Yeah. I mean, his face looks the same. You recognize him immediately. Yeah. Because he's still baby-faced Dennis. Yeah. It was more the voice that startled me because it's like his voice has changed over the years. Yeah. It was wild and I was just giddy. I loved it. I loved every pet. Like it made this entire, this episode is, it's a great story, but it's also baby Dennis really doesn't hurt. What's weird is someone on our social media just sent me an episode suggestion that is from like 1990 something. That's a Dennis episode, <gasps> and I kind of want to do it for Patreon. And he looks like a baby, and I was like, oh, my God, that's baby Dennis. And then we have baby Dennis from, like, 15, 20 years before that. It's madness. 
Who is it? Was it NBC still? On Twitter, they said he was working for a different thing, but doing spots for NBC sometimes. Was he just out of broadcast school? I mean, is he immortal? I don't understand. Oh, good question. Dennis the Immortal? Does he have the Philosopher's Stone? Yeah, could be. Is He is the Philosopher's Stone. No, that doesn't work. Oh, that would be an interesting twist. I was very, very delighted. Also, it felt unfair that you and I were surprised by this because have we seriously never looked up older pictures of our hosts? Oh, no, I've seen lots of older pictures of our hosts, especially Mank, because he posts them a lot. And then I made a collage for his birthday this year. Aww. But not as much Dennis. And it was the seeing him talking that was strange. Yeah, that was strange. He just seems so young. Yeah, so young. Andrea looks the same. She posts flashback photos a lot, and she looks the same. I'm not sure how she sounded. I would guess she sounds probably the same. Did she ever have bad 80s hair? I would love some bad 80s hair. I don't think she did. Maybe not. I don't think she ever had anything bad happen. She just embraced the best of each trend. (laughs) Yeah, just picked the classiest thing and went with it. So Dennis is on the news, and he's saying it's hilarious because... He's basically introducing us to the concept of serial killers. Yeah. Because this is when it started and people were coining terms for them. And he's saying they're what's known as serial killers. And there are at least 35 roaming the country right now. That's a lot, too. Yeah. That's a lot. See, you're right. Those were the days. So many. Who was the first? I'm sure there was one that was like the first known as the first serial killer. Also, why is it hard for me to say serial killer? Jack the Ripper. Yeah, maybe Jack the Ripper. It is. But he wasn't called a serial killer. And then the guy with the hotel. I'm forgetting his name. The hotel where, like, a bunch of people in the basement. But I don't think he was called a serial killer. World's Fair. World's Fair, Chicago. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Oh, who was the first called a serial killer? Yeah. Oh, I do know this. Was it Bundy? Don't think so. I'll, I'll think about it. So Lucas and Tool confessed to the murder of Helene. And there's our episode. There we go. Shortest one yet. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Thanks, Joni, for listening. Just kidding. They are liars. That's what the Netflix documentary is all about. How they're liars? Well, how he confessed to... I'm so sorry. It is really about him. The documentary barely touches on the other guy. Yeah. So he confessed to a lot of ones that he didn't do? 200. But they say he did 200 in the state line. No. So they don't... Did he kill anybody? Yeah, I think maybe he killed three people. And inflated it to 200? Yeah, because he was, like, famous. He wanted fame. He wanted to be famous. Yeah. It's really sad. The documentary is a little bit sad because, I don't know, I know it's awful, but it's still, like, one of those things where it's this kind of guy who's getting all this attention and they keep bringing in milkshakes every time he makes a confession. And so I can't, we can't talk about it, really. It turned out very different than I thought it was going to be and then I couldn't stop watching it. So... It was one of those situations. You don't want to have sympathy for a killer like that. I know. You really don't. So they interview Lucas and he says they took her out to the country and they stabbed her and shot her in the head. But Helene wasn't shot. And he's kind of smiling as he's doing this like confession and he's smoking cigarette with these really creepy long fingers and fingernails. And it just so they weren't even in Colorado at the time. Him and Tool. They just want the notoriety and want to rack up their body count to be the most prolific serial killers in the country. Right. And none of the other serial killers that are active at that time were in Colorado at that time. 
Ted Bundy, who they Kimberly really thinks it was, was in prison at the time. So now it's a cold case. Fast forward to 1998 and DNA becomes available. They have DNA from Helene's crime scene stored in evidence. So they put the DNA into CODIS, but it doesn't match anyone. Kimberly hasn't given up though. She's constantly talking to the police. She's driving them crazy. She's being a nudge. Squeaky wheel gets the- She was doing great, Oil, great. She's trying to keep the case alive. So she arranges a reunion of the singing group, the Harmonaholics. Sorry, (laughs) Fifth Harmony. What were they called? Fifth Harmony. Keep going. Fifth Harmony. No, that's different. (laughs) That's Camille Cabello. Just Harmony. Just straight up Harmony. And she, isn't that that show with Bradley Whitford about a singing group? Probably. And the girl from Pitch Perfect. If I had to guess, that sounds right. I feel like that is called Harmony or it has Harmony in the title. They made a show because Pitch Perfect did well? Yeah. Of course they did. All right. I mean, Glee did well too, so. Yeah, Glee did well for a long time. Yeah. And I loved Glee. But they were called New Direction. They were called New Direction, which is terrible. They were not. That was the name of that? Yeah. Was it like a big moment though? It was like like the beginning of the show when they wanted the team to go in a new direction or something. I I could be making that up, but I feel like that's what they were called. But I could be getting them confused with One Direction. All is possible here. Anything goes. So I'm going to hear from a lot of Gleeks. That's okay. I forgot what they were called for a second. Gleeks. I'm on such having a brain fart today. One of the things that was good about that show was Amber Riley. Excuse me. Do you know that I'm a huge Gleek? Before you start talking? I can't just like every show. And Glee is... But I feel like you're about to start dissing it. And the first few seasons of Glee were, like, my jam. I did stop watching at a certain point. I thought the end was horrible. Like, horrible enough to kind of taint the beginning. I still haven't watched it. So, I haven't watched the last couple years. The one thing that I did like, I really liked some of the songs. I liked Amber Riley, is that her name? Singing Mm -hmm. the You're Gonna Love Me. I thought mm-hmm. that was amazing. And then the Naya Rivera, R.I.P., mm-hmm. doing the Fleetwood Mac song. song mm-hmm. Those two I loved. She did Adele, too. They did a mashup of Rumor Has It. <gasps> That's fun. Yeah, it was amazing. That's good. Anyway, sorry. Now I just want to play Glee songs. Oh, so, well, we got to do this, though. Okay. Okay. So Kimberly arranges a reunion of the Harm harmony group Mm -hmm. and she decides to make it a big publicity thing to get attention to the case so unbelievably smart what she does so the members of the group are going to fly to colorado and walk the path that helene walked before she was murdered and it gets them all on the local news like they call the news and people are filming and they're doing all these interviews and stuff and i've she just it was so smart. It was like ahead of her time. I feel like she wanted to kind of go viral with this. Yeah, she campaign. wanted to like rouse the media, she said. And I was like 30 of them or something. So it's like a big group of women. That's amazing. It's amazing. And so they are going to walk down the street in force and get all this attention to the case. Now, the best way to turn heads when walking down the street is by wearing beta brand pants. Well, we know that. Yeah, we do know that's a fact. Yeah. I kind of feel like a bunch of women walking down the street in beta brand pants would be a great commercial for beta brand. And like those pantyhose commercials and someone singing, she's got legs, but something like that, you know, like that kind of vibe. She's got pants. She's got pants. Beta brand dress pant yoga pants are perfect for all life situations from going to the bank 
or for fighting justice for 40 years or filming your B-roll for Dateline, which Kimberly does so excellently, sitting, staring out into nature, looking for justice in the trees. Love it. And she always has one leg propped up because she's very flexible and looks casual. And I feel like those were beta brand pants. And what a better way to show off beta brand pants. Exactly. One one leg popped. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. Pop it. Beta Brand's customer favorite dress pant yoga pants, those are dress pants that are as comfortable as yoga pants, are made of wrinkle-resistant stretch knit fabric. They're so comfortable, they don't dig into your skin. You don't need to unbutton anything so you can breathe because fighting for justice usually involves breathing comfortably. They have tons of styles like boot cut, straight cut, skinny, cropped, eight pocket. I have the eight pocket. I love them, but I'm constantly wanting new pants and I'm Constantly getting hints from my mother that she wants them because she always hears how much your mom loves her beta brand pants. So I think for the holidays this year, I'm going to have to bite the bullet because what a great present for somebody. Unlike a tea of the month club, I think beta brand pants are the way to go. Can I give you a tip? Yeah. Buy two. Buy two. Yeah. They also have tops now and skirts. Mm -hmm. So they have everything except justice. Justice, you have to fight for yourself. But right now, our listeners can get 25% off their first order when they go to betabrand.com forward slash dateline. That's 25% off your first order for a limited time at betabrand.com forward slash dateline. Find out why women are buying five different pairs of these pants or maybe requesting five different pairs of pants from five different family members because that is actually the smartest thing that I just thought of. You could like assign five different family members each a different style of pant that you want for the holidays. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Get her the gift that she actually wants this year. Go to betabrand.com forward slash dateline for 25% off. Yes. Yes, beta brand. The alpha in your life should wear beta brand. <gasps> for when you need to feel a little more alpha. Yeah. Wear beta brand. Yeah. Are you doing a cutie face? What was that with the the hand? No, it was like a cheer move. Oh, a cheer. Okay. I that's good. Yeah. Go team. Yeah. Go beta brand. Yeah. A W E S O M E. Awesome. <laughs> awesome is what we are. Okay. That's good. Give me a B. B. Beta. Give me E. E. We're not going to spell the whole thing. It would take a long time. Thank you beta Thank brand. Thank you beta brand. So, Kimberly's group and the Harmony girls all set up a website about the case. This part I didn't totally understand. Manx says they were setting up this website in the hopes that the killer would click on it and reveal his internet address. She was... How she was, Were they going to te- track everybody who clicks on information about the case? Like track all their IP addresses? She was really interested in shaking something loose with the killer more than she was getting more witnesses to step forward. That was the problem with this is that she was getting the media attention to shake the worm out of the hole or whatever. I think that's what she said. That was the yeah, analogy she said she hoping used. to get the worm to crawl out from under the rock. Right. And then Mank says, but the worm stayed hidden. Right. So I think she was just trying anything she could to rouse anything. But you can't just trace someone's IP address, not hundreds of people. And what does that prove that doesn't prove that they're a killer? Sorry, I think that they were having it so that you had to log in with a username. And in that way, case, you would be able to find someone's email address. Unfortunately, John Smith 44 is not going to tell you if that man killed your friend. 
Right. But if they were working with somebody who could track IP addresses, maybe that person could show you if they were lived in Colorado now, but it's already been 20 years. So that doesn't really prove anything. I mean, I hate to say I it. I feel like I'm missing something. But if DNA didn't work at this point, this is, they're just trying anything. It doesn't matter. Like, I think it's great that she just kept going. She didn't give up. Absolutely. So it's now been 40 years. Wow. It's 2019? Yes. And the most beautiful detective I've ever seen takes the case. She will be part of our new detective agency. So her name is Detective Jensen, and she used to be a competitive rower. And they show us actually footage of her rowing. Her arms. Yeah. My God. You have to be so strong. Just, oh my goodness. Yeah. I mean, this woman is obviously a very dedicated policewoman and clearly our MVP for the episode. And I feel terrible that I am minimizing her down to her looks but she's just so pretty. I think there's nothing wrong with saying she also happens to be startlingly pretty. Yeah, her eyes are like popping and her hair is like, I wish we had a Prozad. But I can't imagine what she's had to deal with I know. in her life to get people to take her seriously. And I hate to say that like, oh, woe is me. You're so pretty, but seriously. Also just being a woman in that industry. Just being a woman. Yeah. So Jensen looks at the DNA profile and decides to put it on GenMatch, which I believe is the genealogy website, how they caught the Golden State Killer. It is? Okay, I was wondering. Okay, okay. So I'm 99.99999% of a match sure that that is how they found that. I was... Genealogy. Okay, it didn't work. Um, It it would have worked, though. If it had worked, that would have been funny, right? Yes, it would have been funny. It would have been even better if Beta Brand... Does Beta Brand make jeans? Not really, but that would have been good. Could have tied it all together. Oh, I see. They do make denim leggings. That's not jeans. They're jeans. They're just... Jeggingology. They're way better than the jeggings of 20 years ago. Let me tell you. Jeggings are still here. I don't know where you've been. Sorry, they're way better than any jeggings that you've ever seen. (laughs) Than the as seen on TV jeggings. These are not your mom's as seen on TV jeggings. I really don't mean your mom in particular. Yeah, I know what you meant. I really like those jeggings that look like jeans. So it's like painted to look like jeans. And then they have like fake holes in them, but they're painted on. Yes. I need like five pairs of those. Those are hilarious. I could just stare at those forever. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So Gen Match is a genealogy website where you submit your DNA, like Ancestry.com and stuff, but you can opt in to help the police, which I didn't totally know that that was how that worked. So you can submit, and then you can also opt in to have your results shared with police that are looking for DNA matches. But it's not just like plugging in DNA and getting a perfect match. You get partial matches to people who might be related to your killer. So you have to do all this legwork to put together these family trees out of thousands of matches that you're potentially getting. And you're finding people who have similar DNA. Is that fun or no? For some people who have a mind that works like that, like I really like jigsaw puzzles. I was going to say, is that fun for you? I could totally get into something like that. Absolutely. When would it become not fun? At what hour is it not fun? Hour five. Okay. And it probably takes 600 hours to solve. Okay. So there we go. All right. Yeah. So Jensen is calling strangers up on the phone and basically being like, hey, what's up? I'm police. And there's a chance that someone in your family is a murderer. 
Do you want to help us catch them? I wonder how many people just hang up the phone on her. So many people, right? What would you do? You get this phone call. Would you say yes? I'd say who? No, I'd definitely help. I would definitely help. But I would be suspicious that it was someone trying, like the people that call that are like, your social security's being cut off. Mm. Like that, those people, I would be worried. So I would need full documentation. And maybe like, if you want to talk to me, maybe we can meet at the police station. That's a great, you're so smart. I learned that, that from you when someone's following you home. You go to the I police learned it station. from watching you. I learned it from watching you. No, that's very smart. Mm-hmm. Don't give information over the phone without documentation. Especially not like genealogy stuff. I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. That yeah. feels like it could be weird. Here's my other question. If someone calls and says, Katie, your DNA, someone in your family tree is a murderer. Can you help us find that person? Does your mind automatically go to a specific person? Yes. It does, right? I kind of think so, that you automatically... It automatically goes to people outside of my family. Like, are you automatically like, it's Cousin Tammy, that B word. I knew it. She stole the last dinner roll at Thanksgiving. I knew there was something not right with her. It's Uncle Dennis. You know it's Uncle Dennis. I do have a cousin, Dennis. Creepy? No. Very nice. And he's a Denny, so can't Mm. get mad at Denny. You have one? You have one in your family that you're thinking? I mean, I just kind of think you automatically would start racing your mind thinking who could it possibly be. So this is something that we need to do fake calls to our family members to see if they say you. Is that what you mean? <laughs> like we need to fake call people and pretend to do what she's doing and be like. Right, right. So has anyone in your family exhibited strange behavior and see who I'm going to call in your aunt and I'm going to see what she says. I'm going to see who she goes for. Oh, she will go for me. I don't know if she will. Whenever we we are around the whole family, my aunt always looks at me and she's like, why am I the most normal one here? Actually, my brother is by far the most normal one in a way that's too normal. Right. Uh, yeah, your brother's the most suspect to me because of the normalcy. But I, I think also any of my cousins who kind of know about the podcast but don't really understand the podcast or listen to the podcast probably just think I'm obsessed with murder. So they might think it's me automatically. And I make those inappropriate jokes at Thanksgiving whenever we're going around saying what we're thankful for. And I ruin the mood. I'm just red flags everywhere. Yeah, you're a big red flag. I, yeah, I think you're in trouble. I'm just curious from people if you would get this phone call, if your mind, you would automatically go for someone, like a certain person in your head. I feel like everyone would. Kind of feel like everyone would. You wouldn't want to. I really hope we're not alone in this because it's not going to sound What if we are? We might be. Jensen is going through thousands of names. And most people, surprisingly, are saying, you know what? If someone in my family is a murderer, they should pay. So I... That's amazing. I was so surprised. Good people. Yeah. So she hits the jackpot. She finds someone who is a first cousin of the killer. But this person doesn't really know their family that well. They're kind of estranged because they're murderers. So this cousin puts her in touch with another cousin. Clearly the second cousin is the gossipy cousin, the one that knows all the family secrets. Every family member has, every family has Every family, yeah. Yeah. Pro tip, find that family member at the next holiday function and park yourself there and ask questions. Yes. Because the stories that you will hear, the drama that goes down in all families is better than... A telenovela. It's so good. And it's always what you least suspect. 
Yes. And it's always new stuff. Like, I've been alive for this long. I Like, my cousin Randy, last time she was in town, she told me about this murder that was in our family. I'm like, how have you never mentioned this to me once? How did I never know about this? It's like every time there's new stories that come up and they know, like, who divorced who and who isn't speaking to who and like. Yes, exactly. And why and whose side you should be on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're screwed up and they don't even tell you why they're, just, they're screwed up. And you're like, oh, okay. That sounds legit. Okay. So then Kimberly's life becomes so horrible. This was so tragic. I don't even want to talk about it. I know. Her husband died. And then a few years later, one of her sons killed himself. Oh, my god! It is. So she's lost like three people. It's just. In a short time period. It's really sad. It's horrible. But yet still somehow manages. Yes. Mank says, well, you could have just stopped fighting for just at at this point. You have been through enough, girl. And she says, well, no, I became obsessed with Dateline. Oh, the healthiest coping mechanism in dealing with trauma that I can think of. 10 out of 10 would recommend. Yeah, absolutely. That or Great British Bake Off. Become obsessed with a TV show. That is my everyday coping mechanism. And I have virtually no current trauma that I'm dealing with. Yet I still... Cannot stop watching King of Queens. and Well, that's something else. We, I don't know what that is. Yeah, that's a whole other psychological issue. Yeah. But I do really think, I think that it's great that she kind of got involved in another part of like death. It was like, okay, well, these people have experienced tragedy too. I think she probably found some commonality with other families that are on Dateline because she knows also how much murder can just tear families apart, right? But Dateline usually likes to focus on ones where the victim's family comes out really strong and takes this thing and turns it around into some sort of positive and does good with it or things like that. So, But Kimberly did that. Yeah, she totally did. Yeah. So Kimberly's watching Dateline and she gets ideas. So every time she watches one, she calls the police and says, I just saw this on a dateline. They tried this new technique. They were looking in this one thing. Can you try that? Like Squeaky wheel. Yep. So meanwhile, Jensen talks to the gossipy cousin who tells her about these two brothers that are estranged from the family. And Jensen looks into both brothers and finds out that one of them has a rape conviction in the late 70s mm-hmm. and was in jail and then paroled out to the very county where Helene was killed. There we go. Bingo. Yep. So she's so excited and she goes to tell this other detective that's working on the case and they go to tell the sheriff who is, why are you making that face? That guy. Her boss? Yeah. You're not, we're not going to talk about her boss real quick? Sure, you t- talk about her boss. Her boss. Sorry, this is not mustache. This is, I am talking about Tommy Barella is his name. Yes. He's a perfect Tommy, number one. Total Tom. He has only chin hair, no mustache, only chin hair. So this is a different <laughs> style of detective, right? This is the detective that wears wraparound sunglasses. He's a more Guy Fieri type detective. Probably like has casual shirts and, you know, jean shorts, you know. Yeah. He's very casual. And while Shannon Jensen is very like sitting up extremely straight, like just presents herself in a very straightforward, very intelligent manner. Tommy Barella, not so much. He's like the casual guy. I feel like he and Josh are like having beers, having this discussion. And I'm sure that they got along great. 
by the way. I'm sure they did great. And I like him because he's very jokey and he's like, she's going on about the DNA. And I'm like, wait, slow down. You got to explain this to me. And I'm like, okay, first of all, she should be your boss. Why are you the boss? Because that's the first thing I wrote is why isn't Shannon the boss? Right. Because she's just, you know. Why don't you know about the DNA? Why don't you know more about this? But I also feel like they are probably a great team. Because where she seems very straight-laced, he seems kind of like willing to try something more out of the box to get an effect. And so Do they have to go on rides, like ride-alongs with each other? And stakeouts. And I feel like that they might be everything. I feel like he asks her a bunch of questions and she always hates it and doesn't want to answer them because she's very private. Mm -hmm. I do feel like she's very private. But at the end of the day, they're maybe best friends. Yeah, I can see that. And I think that maybe they could have a show. Jensen and Barella. That's a great name for a show. It's really good, right? Okay. Yeah, it's really good. Like, he wants to get pizza for every stakeout, and she wants health wraps, like veggie wraps with hummus. He's the constant, where are we going for lunch? What are we doing for lunch at, like, 10 a.m.? And she's like, it's not even 10. And he's like, I know, but I we got to, like... Are we going to go interview this guy before or after? Because we got to go to this new place. So it's a whole thing. And she, it drives her crazy. The funny thing is, is that he was saying, like, she had to explain DNA to him. And he was questioning, oh, I don't know what to do. Should I take it upstairs? Do I not? And I'm like, you have DNA evidence, man. The clearest evidence that you can have is DNA. Should you take it upstairs? How, Tommy, no doy. How, Tommy, how long have you been working here? I mean... I like He's you. like old fashioned. Like he needs a like a confession. What do you mean? Like I don't know. We didn't get a confession, so I don't know if you did it. That science mojo. I don't know what that is, but we need a confession. But you know he's good with people because of something that happens later, and you can tell. I like him a lot as a person. I think they're a good team. But you know what? Actually, Dateline producer said he came from narcotics or something. That makes sense, right? So he wasn't usually a murder detective, homicide detective. Oh, well, then that's why he doesn't know about DNA. He knows about, like, grams of things. He doesn't know about DNA. So she also, Jensen, has an old mugshot of the brother when he was arrested for that rape. Sorry, what's the brother? What's his name? Sorry. Yeah, it's Curtis White as of right now. So this mugshot looks very much like this sketch that the hypnotized witness was able to help make. Enough. Yeah, I was surprised. Yeah. Sometimes we make fun, especially when it's that DNA reproduction where they take the DNA and then they guess what the person looks like from the DNA. We don't we don't make fun of that. They those don't always look alike. But we like those people that do those. Oh, we very much do. I just don't think they always like sometimes they have it, like they have Andrea give her DNA. They look like an Android version of a person like when a yeah. But this actually, the nose is the same and the eyes are the same. And so I was hair kind of too. The hair was like a floppy version of the hair that we saw in the picture. Yes. So they track Curtis White to Florida because of course, Florida. Because of course, Florida. Obviously, he has changed his last name to Clanton. Okay. Do you have? I got nothing. Okay. I got something. I'll tell you later. Why do people move to Florida though? And change (laughs) their last name to Clanton. We'll talk about it later. That's where all the Florida men are. And he's kind of already a Florida man even before he lived in Florida. But now he's gone full Florida man when he's in Florida as we see him in a second. Yeah, he's gone full Florida. People move there because it's warm there. 
but the cold isn't so bad if you have comfortable, warm socks. Bombas, if you guys didn't already know, makes the most comfortable socks in the history of feet. They've literally rethought every teeny tiny little detail of the socks we wear to make them like a bazillion times more comfortable. I wear Bombas socks every day. Oliver wears Bombas socks every day because they're his favorite socks ever. He's got like three different styles. He has a calf high and he has an ankle, loves them both. But these socks do more than keep your feet cozy. They can also help if you have, like me, some circulation issues and need compression socks. Bombas also makes compression socks. And lately I have been finding that they really help me when I'm sitting for long periods of time, whether it's editing or if you have something like a long flight or if you're training or just want the support from a tighter fitting sock. Also, compression socks are great in wintertime because they keep your feet really, really toasty if you're like me and like warm feet. And Bombas makes incredible ones and they come in multi-pack, so you can't beat that. But these socks also do more than just keep your feet comfortable or warm. They give back to the community in a big way. Every pair of socks that you purchase, Bombas donates a pair of socks to someone in need. Oh, I love that. It's great. The generosity of Bombas customers has allowed them so far to donate over 34 million pairs of socks and counting. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. It's really great. And the impact is more powerful than ever right now. To those experiencing homelessness, these socks represent the dignity of putting on clean clothes, a small comfort that's especially important right now. So why not try them out, guys? Give them a look. Give a pair when you buy a pair and right now get 20% off your first purchase at bombas.com slash date dateline. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash date dateline for 20% off your first purchase. Bombas.com slash date dateline. <gasps> That's a good holiday gift. Now with compression. <laughs> Is that good? Yeah, it's great. Yay. Thank you, Thank Bombas. Thank you, Bombas. That is a really good gift, too. I was shocked by how much I love these socks. I was shocked by how much Oliver also loves them because he's kind of picky and loves them and they last forever. Check them out. That's amazing. Yeah. So, Curtis now Clanton, is living in a trailer on someone else's property in Florida with a white van, Danger Zone. I didn't like that. I don't like that. With a shark on it. Double Danger Zone? Yeah, I'm not. I don't. Why is the shark there? We never get an explanation on the shark. Someone online said it was a logo for a golfer, but I don't feel like that makes it any better because this was like a creepy looking van. Is it the logo for Mar-a-Lago? No. Oh, my God. Could you imagine? Okay. Sorry. I thought maybe. <laughs> it all connects. Okay. No, it's like a weird sketch. Like, it's like a drawing. Like, a, it's just an outline of a shark drawn on a white, creepy van. But what's it for? It must be his business, right? I mean, I'm assuming it's his business. I don't think so. Does he run a Yahoo's Tacos? Wahoo's Tacos? Fish Tacos? Does he have sell fish tacos out of his truck? What's the truck do? Does he sell shark fins or something really illegal? Oh, illegal shark parts? Shark tooth necklaces? Those shark things, those jaws that you can buy? Shark jaws? 
And he was doing that business in Colorado, but he couldn't find a shark anywhere. <laughs> Only a lone Colorado shark. is surprisingly landlocked. Strange. <laughs> and he didn't know. So once he figured it out, Poor he guy. went to Florida. I think we figured it out. Nailed it. Yep. So they follow Curtis to a bar. The cops do. And when he leaves, they get his beer mugs for the DNA. I wonder, is this something that bartenders and wait staff are trained to do? To help the police? Yes. Like, do you think the manager, like when you're hired, are you told if you're ever asked by a cop for someone's dirty dishes, you give them to them? Yeah, this is Florida. Yes. Yeah, that's true. This is part of your basic training when you're joining a team. Yeah. Someone, please let me know if that's ever happened to you, if you've ever had to do that. I'd like to know what the protocol is because they say that they put them in a bag for them even. Like they even bagged up the mugs. Well, wouldn't you do? I would do it. If they asked me, I wouldn't even ask the manager. I'd be like, absolutely. Would you, you would tell the manager though. Yeah, later. Because you don't want to be held responsible for missing mugs. They'll come out of your paycheck. I don't know. I guess it depends on who the manager was. If you were my manager, I'd tell you right away. It'd be fun. If somebody scary was my manager, I don't know. Oh, I'd be so into it. I would be scared that I would do it too often, even if it was high school kids playing a prank because they just wanted some free dishes. No one's going to do that. No high school kids. What are they doing? Pretending to be a police officer? They're on each other's shoulders. It's like that guy from Bojack Horseman and the three kids that are standing on top of each other wearing a trench coat and (laughs) holds out a badge. And I'd be like, yes, because I want to be part of police investigation. No, no one's no one's doing that. Okay, press on. It's a match for the rape, but unfortunately, get ready for some huge outrage on both of our parts. Mm-hmm. The statute of limitations for rape has passed. So Clanton could just say he did the rape and literally nothing would happen to him. He would just say, I didn't do the murder, but I, yeah, I raped her. Can they get him on the murder? Or is that the only DNA they have is from the rape kit? Yes. Oh, okay. All right. So can we just all agree that that's terrible? Yeah, that's terrible. There should not be a statute of limitations for rape. There really shouldn't. That's... No. Why? The trauma lasts forever, so should the open file. Yep. Like, and if men were raped at the frequency that women are, there wouldn't be a backlog of rape kits untested. There we go. And there wouldn't be a statute of limitations. So, fight me. So... They ask him to come in for an interview and they say, your social security number has been used in this big identity theft thing. So we need to talk to you about it. And he says, "Okay." that seems weird. They asked very specifically to we need you to come down for a recorded interview. The minute they said recorded, I'd be like, no, (laughs) if I was him. That's bad, right? It's weird. He's very willing. But they have to tell him it's recorded. I think that's by law. And so he just slips it in there. And I was like, oh, he did a good job. It's like you barely notice it, but he says it. I mean, do you think he's suspicious or do you think it's been 40 years? He is not expecting to get caught for this. I think he forgot, sadly. I think he like barely remembers. I don't know what drugs he's been doing out there in that van. We see him on body cam footage. How do we say this? I'm surprised he hasn't killed more people. Because he looks like a guy who kills sex workers at truck stops. Yeah, he does sort of have that look. So he admits that he lived in Colorado at the time of the murder. And they say, oh, well, that's interesting. Well, we're here to talk to you about this woman, Helene. And they show him a photo. And he says, I don't recognize her and I want a lawyer. There we go. Like, same sentence. 
Well, how else were they going to do it? I don't know how they could have approached it in a way that he wouldn't have immediately asked for a lawyer. Right. Yeah. So he says, you've got the wrong guy. And this is where I start to doubt myself because it sounded kind of believable the way he says, you've got the wrong guy. Even though I know he's lying, they have DNA. Were you not ready for him to say the guy you want is my brother? I was, would have, that would have been amazing. Because I didn't know why they brought up the brother. I was like, hmm, the brother's going to come back into play. Well, because they didn't know which brother it was till they, because they just knew it was in that family tree and that it was narrowed down to being siblings. It was one of the white brothers. Yeah, because it was be a familial DNA match of, and there's only two brothers and one was in Colorado and is a rapist. So he says, I've got the wrong guy. They arrest him. Now, the guy detective, Bartoli, what's his name? Barola. Barola, like the pot, Barilla, like the pasta? Barella. Barella. Under my Barella. Barella. <laughs> yeah. So he says, well, I'm a personal guy, personable guy. And, you know, people like to chat with me. So he is driving Curtis to the airport so they can take him back to Colorado, mm-hmm. which immediately had me thinking, do they fly back these murderers on commercial airlines with everyone else? I'm asking a lot of questions of you guys. Have you ever been on a plane with someone that is handcuffed? I know it happened on Lost and it happened on Seinfeld. You remember on Lost? Because they... It must happen. I don't know, though. They don't... Yeah, they can't use private planes for it all the time. Lori Vallow got a private plane. Because she's a major case, right? Yeah. She's a major case. Huh. I wonder. But that was a favor. They pulled in a favor. It was like the governor's private plane or something crazy like that. But I think also they probably separate the inmate. And they, what I would guess is that they keep them up at the very front or something like that. So they're last on the plane. They're not making them walk through with everyone else. It's something But they else. don't put them up right by first class. They might. They might take the first seats in first class and then leave the seat next to it empty. They very well might. Well, the cop should sit next to them. Aren't there two seats together in first class? I don't remember. I've only, I don't remember the last time I was on a plane. I thought it was, is it not two seats next to each other in first yeah, class? Yeah, and you said put the seat next to them empty. No, the seat across the aisle. Sorry. Oh, the seats across the aisle. Yeah, I see what you're saying. So Clanton starts talking in the car ride to the cop, and which is, he just opens up about it. For no reason. The only thing I could think of was he thinks that because they're driving to the airport together that they're like buddies now because... It's very like, I'm going to help you move. I'm going to help. I'm going to pick you up at the airport. It's like a bromance kind of thing to do. So he's like, we're buddies now. So I think he just knows what a fight this is going to be. And how old is he? Right. And I think he's just like, I'm going to go down for this anyways. And maybe he knows a lot about DNA. And they said, we have your DNA. So yeah, he just didn't have it in him to fight. That's what I think. He makes it sound like he's been wanting to get it off his chest. I don't know. He says... I knew this was going to come up and get me someday because I did it. I killed that girl that they're charging me with. There we go. So, yeah. He says he forced her into his car using a knife and she cooperated, which is why she didn't have any defensive wounds. He said his life of crime could have been way worse. But he has this is the strangest conversation. He says, I have a conscience and I felt like I had crossed the line into being a serial killer but there was something about this woman, and he calls her Helen, and I was like, oh, it's Helene, that made him not want to do it again. So he stopped. 
And so he considers himself a serial killer of one. Something about her goodness or what kind of person she was made him not want to kill anymore. But what do you want, a cookie? You still killed her. I still feel like that makes me feel happy for Helene. Because at least like in her death, something happened. There were more people saved because of how great she was. Yeah. It's so sad, though. She's like she's sacrificed. She's the martyr. Yeah, that's true. But it doesn't make me think any greater about this guy. No, not at all. No. No, he's a monster. But he has a conscience, Katie. Okay. So there's no trial. He pleads guilty. And all the friends speak remotely at his sentencing this past July. But it also says they had to travel to Colorado for the trial, which I didn't totally understand why it's all on Zoom if they all had to go to Colorado. I didn't totally understand. Also, they all have a reunion with the people that were working on the case over the years, the cops and all the friends and stuff. So something beautiful did happen, which is that Helene's sister has a granddaughter that is born on Helene's birthday. Oh. So I know it's really nice. It was really beautiful. I know. This episode is dedicated to our Patreons, Nancy R. and Heather D. I'm actually going to assign you guys to be your buddy team, sort of what, you know, we were saying like an accountability coach, but you guys are now assigned to each other. So if anything bad happens to either one of you, the other one has to dedicate their entire lives to solving your case. That is a lot of pressure for people that don't know each other. It's like a pen pal with like the where the stakes are as high as they could possibly be. Yeah. It's like a pen pals in life and death. I think it's beautiful. It's like an arranged marriage. Oh my goodness. Okay. I apologize. Girls, are you up for it? Ladies, I'm sorry. Please don't sue us. Please don't send lawyers to us. <laughs> Please don't cease and desist this. It's great. It's like reminds me of a sci-fi movie where people are like matched by some higher power to like, and then they- You're fine with it because you're not doing it. I'm the higher power. You're not. Nancy R. and Heather D. maybe don't want to do that and maybe already have that sacred vow with someone else. Well, so can you only be dedicated to one person solving the crime of one person if you're not a detective by nature? If you're like just a normal person? Then what? Can you not dedicate your life to getting justice for two people? No, you cannot. You get it with one person. So if both of you happen to be untethered in the detective justice for your life in that realm, then you're with each other. That's the I love role. it. Okay. I think they're going to become great gal pals. Under the most intense pressure you've ever felt in your life. Forced friendship. Forced friendship by a podcast host. <laughs> you've never met. This is not a way to keep Patreon folks happy. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. To just give them jobs to do, to just delegate things. Can you? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Can you track down this witness? My God. We really would like to speak with. Yeah. I'm going to need you to write me a 500 word essay on the meaning of the word. Every single one is left. Everyone's left. I need to know what the main export is of Peru. No. Okay. And then it's not right. Just giving people jobs. Thank you so much, ladies, for being Patronuses, we could not do the show without you. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. B-roll bonanza? B-roll bonanza, madame. I mentioned how flexible Kimberly is and how pensive she is in her B-roll. She did a great job. Lots of 
bodies of water with her and then lots of photographs, which I'm sure you noticed. Lots of loose photographs. The one that they keep showing is the sketch of the person's face and it is laying in a field. Yeah, I don't know why they have that. Oh, because she was found in a field. Oh, okay, okay. But still, it's like the main image for the episode. They show it every time they go to commercial. Yeah, they really do. They show it quite a bit. Hmm. Is that one sketch of the guy with the, the mustache? Field. Just one. Yeah, laying on the ground. Like like the picture has been just tossed aside. That's not great. It was odd. There's bunny in the B-roll. <gasps> Saw a bunny. I didn't see a bunny. Yeah, it's at the beginning. And I was excited because we have cow B-roll and horse B-roll on our bingo cards. But no other animal B-roll. No, and dog B-roll. But no bunny B-roll. So I'm not She's adding it. rabbit. Okay, I know. You don't like it. <laughs> a sharp pointy. That's not ordinary rabbit. It's pretty funny. Did you have any other B-roll? Yeah, I did. I had. I loved the dance pictures with the 70s bow tie with like the big wide velvet bow tie. Like just done really well. And her dress was really cute. Her hair was really cute. Way to do 70s the right way. Yeah, really, really liked that. Can we do fashion police today? Yes. I had a four count on pocket square change. Mink changed outfits four times, but I think it's because of COVID that he's doing different, obviously not in the same day interviews. So yeah, four though. So I noticed specifically the black hanky with the pink piping. Right. But the real eye catcher of the episode was the lime green. Was the chartreuse. Yes. With the red piping. Yes. With a polo shirt. So he didn't even have a jacket on for that. Or did, no, he had a polo shirt under a jacket. Yeah, it was interesting. He did a good job. They were intense. It was very 2020. Like, extreme oh. hankies. Because as, and in an awesome way, like as... Crap 2020 has been, his hankies were excellent at that same level, but of awesomeness. He's got to make up for it with the eye-catching hankies. Did you notice Janet, the sister of Helene, her crab necklace? No, I did not. It's a crab right here. Cancer? You think she's a cancer? Or because Massachusetts, do they do a lot of crab fishing? There we go. You bet. Massachusetts is a crab place, so maybe they're a crab family. I wish I was from a crab family so bad. I love crab. I just like being by the water. And I love longshoremen. Yeah. I just love. You just love boats too. New England. Yeah. I love boats. I love New England. Exactly. Spending time with Jessica Fletcher on her boat. Yeah. Yeah. It's all a dream come true. Dream. Titles. My titles are so bad. Okay. What do you have? The one with baby Dennis. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. something with hypnotize. Hypnotize. I tried to. Unibrow multi-victim. Okay. That's Ted Bundy's next biography. There we go. Can't see the forest for the family trees. Oh, that's good. And it doesn't even make sense. I like that. Mankey's hanky-panky doesn't also make sense. What was he hanky-pankying with? Again, it doesn't make sense. But he was amping up his hankies. He was having some hanky-panky with his hankies. Can we footnote that one for another time? Yeah, it would be better if the episode was about a love affair. So control, copy, save, and another time. I will allow that to be told again. That would have been perfect for the Wolfpack episode, for example. Yes. Oh, gosh, that would have been good. Okay, should we go back, re-record? Yeah, let's go re-record the whole thing. We might have to re-record Scott Peterson because of just shenanigans. You know that, right? Yeah, there was a big thing that just happened last month. No, like yesterday. 
Something else happened? Something else happened. Oh my God, I missed it. Because last month something just happened. No, I think something just happened. Like yesterday or the day before. Oh, okay. I gotta I gotta look. Yeah, I gotta look it up. But we may have to do an update. A sequel. Okay. I did the distant cousin. Because sometimes they pick random things. Mm-hmm. And like it could have been. Absolutely, I can see that as a dateline title. That's like an actual title. And I feel like we also could have substituted many words for a promise to Helene, like justice for Helene. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like Mad Lib, insert word here. But they focus on the friend. They did. Yeah. Smile, because that was Uh, her Mm -hmm. like life motto. And then here's my real one. This is the one. I'm ready. From white to clan. Story of an almost serial killer. He changed his name from White to Clanton. Why why do you keep saying it like that? Clan. KKK. Did you not notice it right away? He changed his last name to Clan. No, oh. to Clanton. Sure, to Clanton. Just say it. Is it spelled with a K? No. Do you think he's a Nazi? I more just thought it was a funny play on words because he went from White being his last name to Clanton. Well, he had to change it because of murder, and so he changed it to something very close. Right. Interesting theory. Tell me Twitter. Okay. Anna, who's a listener of ours, said, the worm stayed hidden, she said, coming home from her disappointing date. That's what she said. I knew it. I knew it. (laughs) I knew it. I knew where that was going before it went. (laughs) I knew. I knew as the train was, as I was boarding the train, (laughs) where that train was going. All right. Paula said... I uploaded my DNA. Screw my relatives. You do the crime, you do the time. P.S. Really hope my mom didn't murder anyone. Oh, moms. Hermit Munster said, Dateline refers to Dateline. Drink. So it made me wonder if I should add, if someone on Dateline refers to watching Dateline, if I should add that to the bingo cards. Maybe the extreme cards. Extreme cards. Extreme. Extreme. Yeah. Miss Earl said, did they bring the mugs back to the bar? See, oh, again, she's worried. I would guess they are permanently have to be police evidence. Have you ever been to a restaurant supply store? Those are not expensive mugs. It's not like it's crystal. It's not like the family crystal. The Waterford's been sent away and it shan't return. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. That's life says, how many decades has he been pregnant? Oh, wow. People went over fat. No, we don't need it. He's dumb enough. Pronounced Shanae said, damn, how many months is he? No. How many of these fat jokes are there? None. Just one more. Alba says, off topic, but I'd kind of like to see Josh with a beard. That is off topic, but I would also like to see it. Because in none of those old pictures that he posts, he ever has facial hair. Ever. Is it something where, like, he did it once and, like, not very long and really didn't like it and so there isn't photo evidence? Right. It's like when someone wore a hat once and they it didn't look good on them so they think I'm not a hat person so then they never wear a hat again, like me. Why do we ha- keep having this conversation? You are a hat person. Thanks. And a sunglass person. I'm jealous. I'm upset. I'm not a sunglass person. You're definitely a sunglass person. Oh, my goodness. You can't Caitlin see yourself. Caitlin said... Aging did not go well for him. Life did not go well. So many things did not go well for him. But you know what? Who they went worse for? Helene. Yeah. Sweet, sweet Helene. Redheaded Scott said, I'm so glad that Josh Mankiewicz got the episode where the victim attended Wheaton and the killer is named White with a picture of the cool whip episode of Family Guy. I love it. You feel me. I get you. We are the same. 
Yes. Anna, again, said, I waited tables for years in hopes of being able to give a detective a dirty glass for a murder case, but all I got was plantar fasciitis and a drinking problem. Plantar fasciitis? She got plantar warts? No, plantar fasciitis. Is that plantar warts? No. What is that? It's where the band that's under your foot becomes totally inflamed. It's incredibly painful to walk on. I've had it. It's like the sharpest pain in the world. So are planters warts. They're on your feet too, and they're ingrown warts. Do you not know about planters warts? I do. And they hurt like crazy. I got them and when the I played tennis. And the reason they're both called the same is because planter is probably a Latin word for feet, but they're different things. It's your fascia, is it? which is the part under the bottom. It has to do the is band. It? Is it the Latin word for feet? Planter? It better be. I. It's probably something like that. I hope so. I mean, you're the most well-read of the two. So let's let's certainly hope that that's correct. <laughs> I read a lot of books in Latin. Anyone? I'll say it louder. <laughs> when I was reading Dante's Inferno. <laughs> I would love it. Alba said maybe he confessed to get out of Florida. It's an interesting theory. Okay. When did this all happen? Was it during pandemic? Yes. Yeah. I just meant, I think they just meant because Florida. And Nellie says, watching Dateline, and I'm pretty sure they did it. They arrested Leonard Skinner. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. I'm as free as a bird now. At one point, there's like a, a glorious mullet from the side. There, his, his hair is a lion's mane. A lion's mane with a Santa Claus. And the droopiest belly. facial hair. Like, it's just sad. It's like the facial hair is given up. And it's like, wah. It's like Eeyore facial hair. Oh, yeah. We've had two kind of like large, but he wasn't that big, right? He was only supposed to be 5'9 or 5'10. He looked- I don't know. In the footage, the body cam footage, he looked very tall to me. But I have height blindness, maybe. I don't think so because I think the, so. I think the height has been off this whole time because I think that he looked as big as that guy last week. What's his name with the cigars? Who's the friend of the doctor of the plastic surgeon? Oh, when he was huge, he was like six three or six five. I think he was six five. But this guy looked big like that to me. This guy didn't look like six over six feet to you. He did. Is it the facial hair? Why did we think that? Well, so is it possible because we know this witness was talking about the right person because the mugshot matched so much. Mm-hmm. So is it possible they just got a really good look at the face but are have height blindness? Is it possible that they measured the car wrong? Well, that's your theory that they did a car measuring thing. I'm trying to create another water shoes moment for us and it just <laughs> is not coming as easy as I would like. And I don't want it to think because it's not because I'm not smart, which it might be. That's fine. I love it. I'm trying. I'm trying. No one ever talks about water shoes besides us. We never have listeners being like, I was re-listening and you guys nailed the water shoes. We're just so proud of that. And I don't think we have any right to be. I would like to re-release that. I would like to submit to the court that that should be re-released as its own thing and put as a top post. Is there a way (laughs) to put something at the top all the time so we can like... Is it a pinned tweet? Hashtag remember the water shoes. Right. Yeah. And watershed water shoes. It's so sad. And we can make shirts that say, remember the water shoes, like remember the Alamo. And if, yeah. And if anybody wants to make a t-shirt for the water shoes, I would, I think that would be nice. I think we're going to get some submissions now. Please submit a t-shirt for the water shoes. Yeah. We have a bunch of new listener merch, Bridget and Julie, two listeners have created merch for our store. Thank you so much. It's awesome. 
thank you guys for listening and please consider becoming a Patreon. You get a free episode every month and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. And most importantly, if you want to support the show for free, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, but you can also follow our other show, our second podcast, A Date with the Bake, and also leave us a review on Apple Podcasts for A Date with the Bake. And just download some episodes. You don't even have to listen to them. Just subscribe and it'll help our numbers because we really want that show to grow. It's like our little baby show. Oh, I think you should listen to them. We have a third host named Jake who's delightful. And if you aren't so crazy about us, which you must be if you've gotten this far, but he's It's true, though. If you're sick of us, Jake is a nice addition. Also, Melissa from Moms and Murder just started watching British Bake Off so that she could follow along because she likes A Date with the Bake so much. So, (gasps) Oh, that's high praise. I like it. Yeah. So thank you. And make sure you wash your hands and wear a mask. And make sure you still watch alone or with someone that you're staying socially distant with. I don't think you stay socially distant with other people. But yeah, you could. Oh, someone you're staying socially close to only. That's beautiful. I can't do it. I, I try. Okay, no, what if our, the logo that was for 2020, it was socially distant, emotionally close. Drop the freaking mic. Done. Copyright. Trademark. Are you serious? You like it? Mark KT and Kimberly 2020. Say socially distant. Keep emotionally close. It's like those commercials for call your friend and check on them and see how they're doing. And it's like one of those, the more you know kind of commercials. That's a commercial. All of our big CEO execs out there that listen to our podcast, please call us and let us know if you want to use it for your company. Do we have one CEO even that listens to you? It could be a CEO of a company that is just you. That would work for anything. Just you. You're the company. Any CEOs that listen. It's you. Maybe you like have a small graphic design firm. Yeah. There you go. Maybe you have an Etsy shop and you make quilts. Mm-hmm. Anything. It works mm-hmm. for anything. Or maybe you are the CEO of Verizon. It works. <laughs> Call us and let us know. Why did you go for Verizon? I don't know. I was trying to think of a big company. All those commercials are on with that girl. I like that girl, but it's every single commercial break. What about makeup? It could work for makeup too. Pat McGrath, call me. It's really good. She doesn't do commercials. All right. I'm so excited. I got to I got to write this down number 1 <laughs> and then number 2. I got to get to I thought work. you were going to roll your eyes and be like that's the dumbest thing I've ever. Heard. I know a good idea when I hears it. Okay. <laughs> this has boosted my confidence tremendously. Your reaction. Did you not think it was good? I thought you knew it was good and we're downplaying it. But I just was springboarding off your idea. Socially. Okay, I, we got to go. Bye everybody. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Bye. We're we're just brainstorming some more ideas that are going to make us millionaires if we ever actually do anything with them. Yeah. So we may be back next week. Maybe not. Okay. Bye. <laughs> bye. No, it would be stay socially distant. Keep emotionally close. And you do love maestros. Yeah, I love maestroni soup. No, that didn't work. Adam, take that out. That's a terrible joke. Wow, that was that I was couldn't think. horrible. Oh, that was like the worst what thing you've ever said. Do you? But do you feel like it's good that I got it out seven minutes in? Because it only can, it can only go up from here. I'll be better the rest of the time. Yeah, we're good. All right. What's that pudding group that 
the theater pudding group. They're they're an Ivy League. They're a pudding. They do they study puddings? No, it's like a big award thing, and then like someone's like the host of it. And what? Why can't I think of it? Hasty pudding. What is that? That's um. Bring us some hasty pudding. Hasty pudding is a song. Yep, they're this group, and they have like famous people that were in them and stuff. Is it a secret society or is it an acapella group? No, it's a theater thing. Do they just do monologues back and forth at each other? That sounds terrible. That sounds really boring, right? That's not what theaters groups do. Well, they might sometimes. No, but what if that's what if that's all they did? And then everyone kept doing like the same one from the children's hour. Like everyone kept picking like the same dramatic monologues. I think it'd be fun if it was like a rap battle, like in Pitch Perfect, but it was monologues instead of popular lyrics. And they were short. It was like it had to be three minutes and under. So you were doing chunks of it and you were battling back and forth. That'd be kind of a fun way to do that. Yeah, I think that'd be fun. Yeah, that'd be all right. But I don't want to listen to Hamlet's soliloquy for like, you know, no one's doing that. Do you think Dennis was ever a Denny? The Dennis that we know? Yeah, our Dennis, Dennis Murphy. No, he's not our Dennis, by the way. No. Speak for yourself. He's the world's Dennis. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to keep him from people. Squeaky wheel. Yep. Isn't that what, is that what Josh says right then? No, I don't think he said it, but. I feel like he might have said it. I've said it in this episode No, I think he said it. Oh, did he? I thought that one of them said it. I may have just made that up in my head. Okay, sorry, go ahead. Was that one of the things we argued about? Squeaky wheel gets the oil? Gets the grease. Oil? Grease. Oil can. (laughs) Adam, you have to take all that out. We've had this exact same conversation. Why do I forget every time then? Grease. Squeaky wheel gets the grease. I think it's oil. (laughs) Katie's breathing really hard right now. (laughs) A bonus episode where we talk better than we did right now. I can't speak. Adam's going to make us sound really good. Yeah, he'll do a good job. Yeah. Um, 